Maddie. Hi. Happy 10th episode anniversary. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Double digits, double digits. I got you a cake. Guess what flavor it is? Chocolate. You damn right it's chocolate. Yes, In this bitch. economy, come <laughs> yeah. on, girl. I love it. I hope it's dark. Mm, I'm going to get you a slice. <laughs> mm. That's how you eat cake, right? You slurp it. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm not one to tell somebody how to eat their cake, okay? Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get into this episode. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> Welcome to QBT, everybody. I'm Shawnee. And I am Maddie Germs. And we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and it's our 10th episode. It's 10, bitch. 10. Yeah. Wow. We made it to 10 episodes, girl. Yes. Thank you to all the sluts that support us. Um, I support your sluttery. Fully. Fully and totally. Endorsed. Mm. Wow. Yeah. We've been doing this shit for like two and a half months now, I guess. That's what 10 episodes equates to. Something like that. I love it. I think I love what we've done. I'm really happy. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. And I am excited to be here and use episode 10 to talk about joy, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. It's about time we talked about some joy. I feel like we've been talking about some heavy subjects the last couple of weeks. I mean, the world is in a really heavy place. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily our fault. I think we're just like paying attention, but... I mean, typical of me thinking that I cause everything that's <laughs> happening in the world. <laughs> no, but it's good uh, to think about some joy. And because I think when we are trying to imagine the longevity of this movement, we have to take time and take moments, especially uh, for Black folks to be like, what am I experiencing joy in and how do I access that right now? For sure. And, you know, because of that... The episode's going to be a little bit different this time. So normally we have a guest on and they come on to help us do the work and then we kick them out like around, take your meds. This time we're going to have our guest join really, really, really early on. And I'm extremely excited for who our guest is because it's my best friend in the whole wide world slash little brother. Um, but before we get into all of that and talk a little bit about Black Boy Joy, mm-hmm. um, How'd you do on the homework last week? It was, you know, to continue what we have been doing, which is yeah. contributing and making an impact in the Black community. So how have yeah. you been doing that? Um, I think I just experienced a weird pause because I'm like, I don't want to be talking uh, about like every little thing that I do because I don't need like kudos or praise for those things. And then I also am like, oh, wait, I'm on a podcast and we talk about it. So uh, I um, <laughs> have been trying to just like financially where I can since some dough. I um, worked, I showed up at um, Ted Wheeler's apartment, uh, outside of his apartment with some folks and we screamed about the Portland budget and um, talked about that. And I have been doing some thinking and um, resharing and talking about um, in Portland specifically, there was a, a black trans woman murdered last year, TT, and her family tried to get some awareness around and it was kind of met with dust. And then city council yesterday or something held a moment of silence for her, um, 
which, you know, I may be better late than never, but uh, I am excited that um, potentially we'll get some justice. Anyway, that's how I'm engaging with it. Um, and just talking to family still, you know, that yeah. fun stuff. What about you? How did you uh, work to... Uh, better my community yeah by waking up and living today yes, um, <laughs> uh yeah that but also uh i helped out with a town hall thing oh, today. Right. that was fun um and very very educational a lot of people got um something out of it and then honestly just been out here pointing white folks in the right direction to be honest which you know i, I have no issue while doing it <laughs> Right? You know me, girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been encouraging everybody around me, like, I won't educate you on anything, but if you need to hear about my experience or my perspective, absolutely. Or if you need me to point you in the right direction, then sure, I know I've been pretty vocal in the past about, on this podcast, um, about not wanting people to reach out to ask either how I'm doing or for me to educate them, per se. Um, right. But I want to make sure that you guys understand the differentiation between uh, asking how somebody is doing or asking them to like teach you about Juneteenth. Oh my God. Happy Juneteenth. By the time this comes out, yeah. Juneteenth will have passed. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not going to do all of that, but if you want to know about like what it was like growing up in Texas and learning about Juneteenth as a young child, which a lot of other people don't have the opportunity to do, opportunity to do, then, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that all day. So mm. That's the differentiation that I hope people can take away uh, from talking to Black folks nowadays. That's great. Thank you for that. For sure. So let's talk a little about who our guest is going to be. I'm so excited to introduce this person. It's my best friend, my little brother, um, Charles Hayes, the fourth. Don't you dare forget the fourth. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Come on. How are you, boo? I'm good. I'm good. I am living and staying sane, but, you know, doing well, given the world and its circumstances, but staying joyful. Um, how are y'all? I'm doing good today. I will say I am surprisingly doing okay, which is not even okay. I'm doing actually pretty good. Like, great. I'll, I'll dare say. Okay. I came back to work today. It was a little busy, but you know, I'm here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you, meet you yeah. more virtually. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so Charles, I've known you for over a decade. We met back in college, which seems like Lord knows when, but we met back in college. Our, your what? Your freshman year, my junior year, I think? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So. And look at us, we've been best buds ever since. But I know enough about you. I know literally like your entire life story. Tell our listeners who you are. What do you do? <laughs> Give it's us the so whole team. That, okay. It's so funny that you... All <laughs> also secret, all of your secrets. We'll like get into them slowly, not all of them. <laughs> <but. laughs> okay. Okay, um, that's fair. It's that's so fair. funny that you say that because I was just talking to a friend and we were saying that we've known each other for like 14 years and it's just been like college and post-college and it's I don't know it's crazy but you have been a different kind of friend I mean <laughs> you started as my step uh like step coach and then just became like my brother and it evolved from there but um my name is Charles Hayes the fourth I am from Maryland slash DC uh I work as a freelance uh 
film and theater producer. And then I work in accounting for like TV shows and things. Um, so I kind of stay in that realm. But as of late, because, you know, not everyone's working. Um, I've been stepping into this, you know, freelance, like creative side of myself that I didn't really think that I had, but I'm allowing it to flourish in its own way. But, um, you know, I'm pretty good. I have seven siblings. I went to Morehouse for college, um, came to New York after, uh, after graduation and have been here for about eight years, just kind of doing what needs to be done, you know? <laughs> And listen, so I lived in New York and then Charles followed suit like what, a year or two later? And now this motherfucker is there, has been there longer than I ever was. And I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I mean, like, I, I'm surprised myself because I thought I was going to be here for like a year. I was very naive. I was like, I'm going to be here for a year and then I'm going to go to LA and <laughs> great. And then it was just like, nah, you didn't even do anything in a year. Like, calm down. <laughs> oh, That's you- how I felt about Portland. I like, I did like this AmeriCorps year and I was fully like, I can do anything for a year. I'll just show up and then like, oops, I have a life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like, happens. Didn't leave just yet, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what borough are you in? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy. Where? Yes, yeah. Bed-Stuy. And another important thing about you is you're Black. I don't know if people can tell because, you know, you're just listening to voices here. But like, <laughs> oh my God. yo, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's my a best thing, yes. Black oh, yes, gay I am friend. A- African-American, cisgendered, uh, <laughs> gay male, um, you know, list I, <laughs> I don't, I know, I have to always, like, think about the list of who I am. Your um, identities, yeah. Yeah, my identities, the, the boxes mm-hmm. that they put me in, but. And you gotta, yeah, we invited you. another white girl on to talk about Black Boy Joy, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell this is a white woman right now? <laughs> I mean, we all have, like, our sides, you know, but, like. <laughs> we all have a white woman side. Let's not, let's oh, just, yeah. there is at least one side to all of us that can turn into Karen in the right circumstances. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, we, you guys have just provided me a perfect transition into, and what about it? Insecure <laughs> finale, okay? Have oh, we both yes. seen? Yeah. Okay. Remember on the bus when that like white faggot is like, oh, my yeah. inner black girl looks just looks like, like you. you. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> And then, like, he comes out and he's just like, disgrace, toxic, tragic. And she's like, Kelly's like, what? Uh, also, I more Kelly. We always so see more Kelly. Yeah. by that. I was like, why did he flip so fast? Because she was like, leave me alone. Like, he was just her fan. And then he was trying to turn her into the cops. Like, I don't understand. I want a full-ass yeah. Kelly episode. Like, give me right? one solid Kelly? episode of just, like, a day in the life of Kelly. Like, just her perspective on all of this. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you it would be a hit. <laughs> Yeah. Or even if it's like the girl who's crying, who's the baby, who's, who's the friend that has the child? Oh, uh, um, the one that Amanda Seals plays? What's her name? Tiffany. Okay. Tiffany. Even if it's an episode about, because they're the two best friends. So like, it could be about the two of oh, them, yeah. you know, even yeah. if we get like yeah. 15 minutes of just solid Kelly content. I need it. I need it. <laughs> Do we have, do we want to talk about full opinions? I don't feel like we've given any major spoilers yet, but like, heads up. Yeah. Um, how oh, are yeah. you feeling about the ending? Um, I, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, exactly. that, that pregnancy, I, 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 call, I knew it like the episode or two before when Condola kept trying to get in contact with Lawrence. Mm. I was like, I bet you she's pregnant. And then, I just thought she was horny. 
<laughs> pregnant or horny or both. Um, well. <laughs> okay. Um, I knew she was pregnant and I was like, let me find out that's going to be the cliffhanger of the season. And here we go. And then, I mean, Molly and, um, I don't know that boy's name, but they call him Asian Bay. Um, Andrew. 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 There we go. Molly and Andrew, I wanted it to work so badly, but... I think it's really dumb that it isn't, honestly. I think so, too, but I had a friend bring up a good point, which was, like, Molly... Was it you, Maddie? I don't know. Molly doesn't... Molly, I don't know. She she doesn't want a relationship. Like, for some reason, she wants a relationship because it, like, looks good on paper, I feel like, but yeah. not because... It's the security. She it's the comfort of it. It's not, like, the love and all of it because... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've... I don't know. I felt a lot of things about this finale because the way that they shot the conversation between Issa and Condola and, um, and oh boy, I was like, this is so magical. Like mm-hmm. the inner cuts and everything. It just, it made me so happy to watch it. Um, but it was really beautiful. I agree. I'm just like, uh, of course, both their lives have to fall completely apart for them to come back to each other. I'm just like, yeah. come on, like, they could have, this could have worked, like, I know it's a lot to have a baby and a man and a whole nother woman, and, like, mm-hmm. I know Issa's going through it, like, I was mm-hmm. like, damn, she was almost about to be happy, like, yeah. <laughs> but, and then Molly, I just think, I don't know, I've always felt like Molly's been a bit, like, surface, like, she stops right there, and if you don't operate within what she wants and you know she doesn't Mm -hmm. want anything to do with it and I'm just like what do you expect from her like she's just out here trying to be a person and you treating her like she's you know not your best friend but yeah I I liked the ending shot and I uh, of the kind of slow zoom out of the Ethiopian restaurant and Mm -hmm. I appreciated it because I'm like I'm like actually watching their mannerism like I am sure that there was some like fake script that they were reciting and the acting of that. I'm like, Oh, they're actually for the first time, they're not going to let us privy to how they're communicating, but they're showing us how they're communicating. And like, yeah. that's super cool. I thought that was really awesome. I do think it sucks that yet again, the show has kind of like set us, um, set a stage for them to connect only when the men in their lives aren't mm. serving them well. Like that annoys me a lot. I really, really wish like two episodes ago, I don't know. I like the text thing was obviously a really good TV device. Like it was like a really great thing to watch. And I'm also like, fuck that. I'm so mad. Like, yeah. um, and then the baby thing, I, I was not on board. I knew it was going to happen just cause like I, had heard things before I got to I, I it's my fault for watching the episode a week and a half late you know what I mean and um I I forgot that people could get pregnant <laughs> like like it was like not on my radar at all like, I was like, oh yeah that's what straight people do that's crazy right. Ew, gross. <laughs> a baby oh. that other HBO show I may destroy you how are we feeling yeah. Michaela Cole's show I haven't watched it yet but you all can talk about it if you have. It looks intense. <laughs> it looks intense. And I've always, I don't know, I've never had a huge affinity to her. And so I'm, I need to, like, make myself, like, get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you guys think about Well, <laughs> I, have you, so you haven't seen Chewing Gum yet on Netflix? I've seen Chewing Gum, yeah. Okay. She, yeah. I liked it. I, I mean, I like it. It's still on television. It hasn't gone off. They're only on it. We're only on episode two. It's not as... Yeah. I've only seen one. It's not as heavy, I don't think, as... It's weird, because I felt the same way. I thought 
especially coming off of this uh, filthy rich like Jeffrey Epstein documentary thing that I don't know why mm. I sat there and tortured myself watching all the way. But coming off of that, I was just like, oh my God, do I really want to watch another show about like... Well, it advertises itself more seriously, I think. Yeah. And maybe it'll get there, okay. but the first two episodes don't feel as like heart heavy as the way what that they're together. And then feel. I looked at what the upcoming episodes, because they still haven't given like, they're still not doing like an episode to episode like this is what's happening next they're still doing like a this season sort of thing and it looks like it's not as heavy and there also seems to be a focus which makes me really happy on her gay i think she has like a gay best friend um who's Mm -hmm. a guy and from what i saw from there there's a lot of focus on him and his relationships with like men um so i'm hoping it's like not just this one storyline that's what the entire thing is about. Not that that would be like necessarily an issue. I think that they're shedding a light on something really important, which is um, mm-hmm. sexual abuse. But um, that would just be heavy. And I don't know how, would, how they would tie that into comedy. She's doing a really good job at it, though. Like, I think that for it to be like a dramedy, she's hitting both notes really well. That, and it doesn't feel insensitive or it doesn't feel like she's making fun of the fact that like people get drugged and then raped like pretty often yeah. so she's not making fun okay. of that she's more so making fun of just like the character herself is just funny as a person and this happens yeah. to her and you get to see sort of these two different sides of how somebody who's probably genuinely just like a funny person deals with something very 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 serious and traumatic got it okay yeah I'll check it out but speaking yeah. of the Epstein documentary i watched it too and i was like he's a like anyway we don't have he was a lot it's a lot i'm glad he's dead hey right (laughs) like suicide or no yeah people are crazy it's about like what really happens in these spaces that we're not in like that we're not even privy to and i mean the years and years mm -hmm. like it's like the amount of time and it is also the connection to this person and the documentary touches on some of those connections, but like, yeah, what we know about those connections are there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. who we think are awesome people who were friends with this person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that automatically means that they are also pedophiles or cosine pedophiles. It, what it does mean though, is that they didn't care about the rumors enough to not be friends with him. And like, yeah, those are, it's because it, conspiracy, theor- conspiracy theorists are sort of like everyone in power is a pedophile. And then there's like this other side that's like, actually, what I think it more is, especially within whiteness, white people make a lot of excuses to harness power. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like that an excuse can be I'm going to turn a blind eye to literally a pedophile island. <laughs> like it's so, it's so fucking gross. gross. Or to keep the power, <clears throat> they accept certain things so that they don't have to oust or recluse one of their people right yeah right oh, it's a mess that documentary is pretty good though i mean yeah. i feel like if you can if you it can is. stomach some of the horrible things i think it i think it kind of scratches the surface but if you have not heard anything about this person it is a good place to start yeah and i think that's yeah. i didn't know much about him and i was like well let me just watch this like was he really doing and then i was like oh this is a evil vile human being like okay <laughs> I see. That learned how to manipulate people. Yeah. To his advantage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's it let's get off job. of the let's get off the rapist because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Therapist? <laughs> <laughs> no, the rape. Oh my god. The, 
that that's a Maria Bamford joke. I get it. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. What's next? Let's talk about. Okay, I was really, really, really resistant to watching this show, but I started watching it the other day, and it actually is not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. What is it? Love Victor. So it's like this spinoff show of Love Simon, which was, I guess, I guess it was a big deal when it came out because it was like I didn't hate it. The the movie. Yeah, it's seppy and it's not like it, it doesn't rewrite anything other than it is about a gay white person. And I, you know, I didn't hate it. It's a, I mean, to me, it's just it is a gay white people rom-com. And you know what? That's OK. You know, like it's fine like that. Right. Like I feel like people were upset with that film because they were expecting it to tackle like a billion things when it comes to being gay. And I was just like, you guys, this was like a movie for teenagers about coming out. Like it was only ever going to be one sort of story. You right. should just be happy that like a, a movie is this mainstream about coming out and just being gay. And the cool thing about the show is, is that it's not about a white male. It's about, right. um, I think he, I know he's from Texas. I want, oh, he's, he's Puerto Rican. I remember because there's a flag in the thing. I don't know if the actual actor is, but I know the, the um, family is Puerto Rican. So it's a different sort of slant on that. And I mean, the whole show opens up with him writing a letter to the Simon guy saying like, screw you for having like a perfect family and all these people that accepted you right off the back. Like really turning the film on its head saying like, that's not how this shit plays out normally. Sure. Um, mm. And I, I, okay. I it has promised so far. It's two episodes in. Of course, they've established who the crush is. They've established the family. Um, Where is it? It's on Hulu, yeah. which is interesting because okay. it was supposed to be on Disney Plus, but it was too gay for Disney, oh. so they put it over on Hulu instead. I I fully I don't know how you guys feel, but to me, Hulu is the ugliest platform. <laughs> it is the hardest to use. It's hideous. I yeah. I there are things that. I like on Hulu, mm-hmm. and I hate watching them because they are on hulu i agree i have to like make myself go to hulu and like search for things and i'm just like oh this was like effort i just no it's work I it's hard. Use hulu unless i'm like just trying to watch will and grace honestly so, okay. girl, <laughs> so girl do i need to take you off of my account because you have a whole profile no, don't don't i didn't say remove it i'm just saying that i don't use it that often so yeah so stop asking him for money i was right. saying do i need to stop paying his bill girl no, let me know okay sean upgraded my netflix account without telling me and was like <laughs> I just upped it so we could have more space. I don't know. Okay. And then texted me later about it. Like, let me know if you need money. That's what friends do. They change your Netflix password and just create a whole new system for you, but then they send it to you. Right, exactly. Whatever. Oh my gosh. Well, watch Love Victor if you want. It's I mean, I'm not gonna like hype it up so much as like a oh my it's like it's like must watch television, but I think it's cute. It's just as cute as the movie is, and I like that it's coming from a, a minority perspective versus uh yeah. white guy. No, I love that. I mean I'm okay. I'm trash. I watch bad I love Thirteen Reasons Why for no reason. You know what I mean? Like I heard I have Thirteen Reasons Why that show is terrible, and I love it. I heard that, <laughs> that the, it just ended, and one of the characters died of AIDS. Girl, it is a mess. I oh that show God. has been unhinged from the moment that it aired, and then they just decided to really just run for it. And it, <laughs> um, it, uh, it I watched it fully, like in dis- disbelief. Like it is. It is unhinged, and I just like watching, like, pretty teenagers with problems. Like, I've always loved it. Speaking of pretty teenagers with problems, there's an Animorphs movie coming. 
How did I know that's what you were going to transition to? <laughs> Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, like the books. There's a movie coming, apparently. Oh, and wow. It's funny because, Maddie, we were just talking about Animorphs, I think, when we, we launched were, this podcast. We manifested it. I think we could predict the next movies and films coming out if we really wanted to. I mean, everyone's <laughs> definitely listening. <laughs> All the producers Everyone. are like, these faggots know what's up. Yeah, I mean, Charles is here right now as a producer listening to us saying, okay, we got to get this made. I said what we I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm always listening. <laughs> How do we feel about the idea of an Animorphs movie for real, though? I feel great about it. And I know it's not going to be for me. It's going to be made for kids and I won't like it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I am mm. so excited. I wish it had come out when I was 11 versus 28 or 29. But. See, that's my thing. Is anybody reading it? Is that still a thing kids read? Right. That's why I was like, I don't know if it is going to be for kids. Because, you know, everything mm. live action, they try and, like, make it a little bit grown so that every mm-hmm. you know, it can please everyone. But I'm trying to remember, I only remember like one book cover that comes to mind and I don't even have a clear picture of it, but I just like remember the person going from an animal to a whatever. Will it be like encompassing of all the different animals? Or like, I don't... I'm sure. It was like a main group of kids. I feel right. like honestly, the first episode, I feel like anything that gets made like this, there's got to be like, how can we make more than one of this? Mm-hmm. So I assume it'll kind of be like the origin story with a little bit extra. Got it. Yeah. And that's like all about like a plane crash and like a centaur alien and like a whole I think it'll work. I think wow. I mean I'll go see it if it comes out when it comes People out in love theaters are safe to go back to in ten years. Um but right. I mean oh, the no. show was the live action thing for us. I mean, you know, but yeah and it was good. I I I have hopes for it. If it's PG thirteen, I'll see it in theaters. If it's PG, I'll wait till it comes out on wherever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I'm down to go see it in the theater. Um, I want to see, <laughs> this might be like, what is it called? Like sadomasochism, but like, I want to see the pain and torment as they turn from human into an animal. Like your bones have to fucking shift around and everything. And that can't be pleasant. <laughs> why, why would you want to see that every time? Because I want the real, I want the realness, Charles. <laughs> That's why. You want it to be like someone becoming a werewolf like that. Yeah, I want it to yes. hurt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Like in Harry Potter 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, um, exactly. That potion, yeah. I was just watching Harry Potter, so. <laughs> you can watch Harry Potter, it's but like my about, <laughs> you know who. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know her name. Mm. Um, can we talk about something beautiful and wonderful and great that has, like, the only good things that I have to say about it? And I think you might, too. Chloe and Hallie's Ungodly <gasps> Hour. I was literally going to bring that up. Yes, it was so good i've been listening to it on repeat and i'm sad that it's like 37 minutes but i was really happy with their expression they've like grown it feels more grown than um yeah the kids are all right and like but it's so it's tasteful and it's i don't know i i really like it visit boy visit visit boy aren't you i love that song mm-hmm. so good and the ungodly yeah, hour yeah. song itself like the title yeah. track Jesus, it's been on repeat. It's so good. (laughs) To me, Forgive Me, Tipsy, Busy Boy, and Ungodly Hour are like... Mm -hmm. Those are really good. Yeah, I love Tipsy. You know what pulled me out of some of my... We'll get into this in a bit. I had a bit of a depressive episode the last few days. But I now realizing one of the things that pulled me out of it is the last track, Royal. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a really... it's, It's a nice anthem to have to really just like 
get yourself pumped up when you're not really feeling that great, which I think it's being in this state like, oh, I like this song. I think on any given day, I probably wouldn't listen to that song, but yeah, I liked it. It brought you out. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Chloe and Hallie's tennis court that's been doing some real work for they've been shooting like all of their photo shoots and videos in that in their tennis court. They just like keep throwing a like a new cloth over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, look, we can serve the people with what we got. Don't worry. Yeah. Tennis <laughs> serve, you know. Yeah. And you know they got like zero notes from Beyonce on this album. Like she was just like, nope, yeah, good I, as it is. And I was like, you're I damn right it. it is. I can tell. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. She was, that was, that must be like a huge honor to like have that kind of approval, even though you don't, yeah. you don't like need approval as an artist. But like, yeah. I, was I like, mean, but everyone wants Beyonce to say this is good. I could Literally. make mashed potatoes and I'd want her to say it's good. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. I just want her to look at me and be like, okay. Yeah. I just want her to like look at me and say, you're good. And I, that's right. enough. That's all I would need in life, literally. Right. Like, well, according to, that? yeah. Well, on that 2020 video, she said, your blackness is beautiful. Your queerness is beautiful. So she sort of did. You right. know? Well, I'll take it. I'm beautiful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I love that they have made music for the drinking age. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I'm happy that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, I mean, I love it when pop girls can start drinking and they make a little bit like, this is my adult album. I think Chloe and Hallie have really done this in a way that invites you into the party as an adult without it feeling like sleazy, you know, yeah. like it feels very like, I don't know. It just, it's so good. It, it, some of it reminds me of like Destiny's Child B-side kind of stuff. Like, mm. uh, and maybe yeah. I don't even mean that. Some of it just feels like reimagined, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's just so good. I listen to it while painting. I listen to it while driving. It's a very like vibey, I'm going to sit down and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, you can listen to it whenever. And that's what it felt like. It was just like, actually, the story that they told, you know, in the songs and how they brought you in, I was just like, I would not think about that. But actually, okay, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a nice, you know, a smooth way to make it happen, but also be, but still maintain like their classiness and like who they are as women, because like we all have a dark side. Like, let's be real. <laughs> okay. But. Yeah, I love it that, like, I saw a tweet that was like, um, when your family is uh, too religious, so you can't call it demon time, and then it has, like, ungodly hour. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's a real one. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's a good song. And the Do It single that came out is a nice little intro. To your point, it's like a nice little, the song is about them, like, getting ready to go out to a party, and then, like, they get to the party, but to all y'all's points it's done very classy and you it's almost like you have to really listen to what they're saying or else they're talking about like a night out versus it just being like because you're distracted by their beautiful harmonies and voices and you're like what are these angels talking about oh they're talking about fucking party (laughs) also you guys the busy boy there are the word on the street is is that it's about dickie simmons yeah oh Mm -hmm. russell simmons one of his many children. (laughs) I can see him being busy, so I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm sorry, not Russell Simmons, (laughs) the other one. Um, What was that reality show? Is that the one that he was on? Run's House. house. Y'all used to like that show. It was good. Me too. Yeah. I love a reality show. I feel like I didn't watch a lot of reality when I was, like, in high school or, like, growing up. It wasn't until I got out of it that I was, like, 
oh, this is real. Like, I should, I can watch these things. I don't know. I was such a Disney kid, like, or Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, like, you know, and then watch music videos. But I wasn't into reality TV. You sound pure. Meanwhile, we're over here just like, I give us more trash. I had my share. Don't you worry. But like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. We're like, give us I more trash. The like The Bachelor, for instance, which now there's suddenly a black bachelor. Yay. But also like, whatever. I feel like Rachel Yay, Lindsay, where I'm like, this long, is right. the very least you could have done at this point. <laughs> Has have any three of us seen a Bachelor episode season? I watch The Bachelorette sometimes because that's the okay. one with all the men on it. I don't watch The Bachelor because I'm like, why do I want to see all these women fighting for one guy? I mean, <laughs> I think yeah, I don't. one episode. Yeah, uh, it's never spoken to me. Yeah. I have seen a couple episodes here and there, and I get the draw, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy for them. He's hot. Good for him. I'm yeah. He's hot. It's great. Oh, he's cute. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, like, let, me go, let me go look it up real quick. I'm like, I'm <laughs> they found the ugliest black man to throw in front of TV and say, this is what you want to be livid. Livid. This is what you wanted. <laughs> no. Are you no, not entertained? No. I wonder how they choose The Bachelor, like what they apply with and how they... Well, they always pick somebody from like a previous season. So you have to like get on to... They have to like become a contestant like in the larger pool to maybe get the chance of becoming like the actual star on one of the future seasons. I really like that show. That's a that's that fiction show on Lifetime. Oh, about... Unreal, so good. That's just so good. Well, it was made by the showrunner was a producer on the Bachelor series, so that's like so it's spot on. I feel like I love it. Um, Wait, what is it about? Unreal. So it's like uh, if. It's like a behind the scenes of what happens when you film a reality show like that. So it's like they're filming a show like The Bachelor and then some of the contestants and some of the producers are kind of like conspiring. There's like the manipulation that's shown, the like violence that's shown, like everything off camera that is the actual real part of reality TV. Um, Wow, okay. But it's good, it's fiction, it's good though. I mean, it's very like, winky fiction like i'm sure the back they're like actually we did this to this girl you know like (laughs) (laughs) that's not funny it sucks um what did you all think about the nikki and six nine song oh god i prefer not to talk about it (laughs) it's terrible (laughs) i don't i you can ask me questions my answer is only gonna be it's bad (laughs) and i don't like it (laughs) her titties look great yeah her titties look great they do She's been really open. I appreciated her uh, asking the women what her bra size or what bras they like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I listened to it a couple of times and I think it's like, I don't know if it's because I get so much of Tim in the beginning that I end up like, okay, almost tuning out. But then like, I don't know. And you, Sean, you know, <laughs> Nikki is my heart. Like all of everything, I support her. You but love I don't know. It just kind of did for me. I do. I really do. That's my movie. Look, me and me and Nikki could be friends. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I feel like do a song with him once, um, mm-hmm. at the height of his fame or whatever before he gets arrested and everything. People already knew it was up with this person, and you decided to do that. Okay, well, whatever. Do it again, like. Your husband is a sex offender. Your, what is it? Cousin, brother is it, are sex offenders. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really need to do a song with a sex offender? Like, what? 
what are these choices, man? In my mind, I was like, because I definitely thought about it in that way too. But in my mind, I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like she's at a, a crossroads because she's already worked with and approved this person, quote unquote, before. So if she decides to like turn her back and not work with him ever again, or like put him, I don't know, put him in that place. What does who's gonna you know, know she didn't know. work with him? Is he gonna come out and be like Nikki didn't work with me because I'm a sex offender? And why would she blab her mouth like that? Like, I, I just well he'd be throwing himself under the bus if he had to say something like that, right? And I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past him because it's Takashi and fucking he's just ratting people out left and right. So like, I wouldn't put it past him to be like Nikki said she's not gonna work with me because of this bullshit. But also, I feel like that would just be hurting him. Like, I mean, be able to, if anything, ride that wave of like, yeah, I didn't work with him. <laughs> like, I'm a good person. But we also don't know their relationship, like That's because true. she talked about her how she I don't know like how she gets to know the artists and rappers that she works with and like she's expressed that certain rappers or like younger rappers are like her you know her babies or whatever and so I don't know maybe she feels some affinity to him or I don't know I'm not qualifying anything and I think that it is very problematic because you know what of what he did but I feel like there's so many things at play that we don't think about because it just looks problematic. I feel like when we're talking about a queer podcast around mental health, we can say that being a barb is mental illness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, I really, oh I just God. saw a joke and I had to make it. I'm sorry. I actually, I like, I really, I really do before, before the internet comes for me. I like, I like, the, I, I don't understand why she has decided in her later life at the time when she is potentially about to get the respect that she's been needing and she needs it, you know, like she is one of the best female rappers ever. Like she's yeah. amazing. She's so yeah. talented and so pretty. What about her adult life has she decided sex offenders and kind of coming out in front of them to put a shield between me and them is like, that is my now post queen radio persona like what is that like that is just i get what yeah. you're saying that people need mentorship and like there's relationship there that we don't know what's going on and i'm just like it's really easy to say no like it's to me it's a money grab and if that's what it is let her fucking say that come out and be like i wanted the money and i don't really care what he did because i don't care about that shit but she doesn't say that no. she well, she always she like has excuses ruminate on what they want to do yeah on what they think and then try to use it as fodder later to be like oh you hoes is talking shit about blah 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 and we right. like yeah we were because you still ain't shit girl <laughs> yeah. so like oh my goodness <laughs> I <just wanna> <sighs> that's okay but that's no. okay okay we're praying for you Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> We're keeping your, your mental well-being and our, and our prayers and our spirits. We just want you to come out of this Nikki Stan, this Barb Nikki, stage. Nikki Stan, I can't, you know, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Nikki Stan, then we all know that I'm a fucking, who, I'm a pop queen you're a pop stan. Fan, let me just right? stop you're i was gonna say i was gonna be like any... ariana and i was like well also beyonce but then also gaga right. but then also but like also everybody shit, at one point it song. was katie perry so it could just be anybody it will never I be mean, taylor swift though ever but we just also have so many options now we've got like megan we've yeah. got rico nasty we've got yeah. doja we've got azalea like there are just like still so many options we're still out us. on doja 
I mean, that's fine. I, I, <laughs> honestly, that's the that's the shitty part about it is that like all of these people, everyone that we care about. I mean, it goes back to the fucking Jeffrey Epstein thing, you know. Like once a certain amount of power is achieved, you make excuses for money, and like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Fuck, we can move on. I guess in my mind with like Doja or like any artist that comes up in that kind of situation it's just like at what do we allow people to have a past and to like change and be different you know what i mean because like we don't all start out as these angelic socially conscious right enlightened people and I it takes a moment you. to get there so and i like i know that some people have ill intentions and you always need to look at the intention but I don't know, people do change and we have to give people the opportunity to grow because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to get us out of what we're in now anyway, is people growing out of their old shit. But, and I completely agree with you, but to me, in relationship to Nikki, that would be like if Nikki had been working and was married to and had this relationship with sexual predators and then has decided to not since, this is in her present, she continues to make this choice. That's yeah. the thing where I'm like, what is that about? Like, you're so talented. You're so beautiful. You're so great. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you doing? <laughs> because like, I'm not going to listen to that song. There's no way I'm going to touch it. Like, oh, I will never listen. I mean, honestly, we can move on because that song is bad. <laughs> like, I don't, you can't convince me it's a good song. It's a terrible song. And if you're listening to this podcast, please don't go listen to that song. <laughs> Speaking of women I love, um, Shea Coulee. <gasps> oh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, there's something we can all agree my, on. Yeah. My spirit, not even spirit. <laughs> I don't know spirit. Up. Okay. Person. I am. This is just the Shea Coule season. Like, it's not even a. It's almost like I don't. I feel bad for the other girls. And like, absolutely. What? Like, I almost don't even want to watch this season because I'm just like, we all know who's winning this, and if they, if Shea Coule does not win, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> No, I mean, this is the same reason that I don't mind spoilers. I'm like, okay, I'm watching the winner win. I'm watching nine episodes of a winner winning because like, oh, I'm excited. Winning. I love a winner winning. You, she won with those cheekbones when she walked in the fucking room. Oh, I just, I'm obsessed with her. Also, that new song Collide with Mickey Blanco. It is good. Mm -hmm. It is good. It is sexy. I love it. I love Shakula so much. I would watch her do anything. I watch her vacuum. Like, I would literally. I would <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have fallen in love with Shay, but like, so speaking of like things that I love as of late or recently has been Drag Race because like I started with season 10 and it was because Sean got me to watch season 10 because he was visiting in New York at the time. I was and like, watch I was like, that shit with okay. me. He was like, watch it. It's new. It's going to be great. Like, it's Is that like Aquarius season? Like, yeah, that was the Aquarius season. Okay. Uh -huh. um, and I was like, oh. I kind of like this. Or, like, I just got into it, and then 11 came, and then 12 came, and I was like, actually, you know what? I actually really fucking love this show. Like, I... <laughs> drag Race is a gateway drug. I promise you. Go back, and I, I went and watched season eight because I wanted to see Bob's season because I fell in love with Bob the Drag Queen. Um, mm -hmm. And then I went back to season one, and I'm on season two now. Praise the Lord for growth because season <laughs> one was... <laughs> It was rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like learning all the queens as all all stars is happening, but also like as I'm just watching shows and hearing names that I've heard before. It's really interesting. But like, I always salute their talent, like the creativity, the the ideas, the thoughts, like the way that they even just put their face together. I would not have any clue what to do, but mm -hmm. I would lip sync though. I would go. I would put it down. <laughs> I love that. Girl, we lip sync. All we used to do is lip sync. I feel like 
Put on Beyonce. Put on the new. Put on the new Beyonce song. We we know all the words already. It's we know all the words, right? Basically. <laughs> um, speaking of Shakeule, there was like all these rallies in uh, uh, specifically uh, last weekend, maybe like uh, two weeks ago at this point, but um, of the marches and rallies in solidarity with Black trans folks. So mm. um, New York and Chicago had really big ones, but Chicago one had like Miss Toto, Shay. Um, wow. who's that Lucy stool like just these big black drag queen just these larger uh, personalities who were just speaking truth to power on the mic and Shay has this really awesome speech that just like maybe we'll link some of them there's this Twitter thread of like all of the um, speeches of these folks that really talked a lot about what we were talking about in our pride episode like that there's nothing here unless we take care of our black trans folks like there is nothing to celebrate unless we do that and there is especially in chicago where they're marching in boys town where you know shay on the mic is like you guys told us that you're going to get the south side trash out of here well the south side is showing up to march in your neighborhood you know like that is like is um, Shay from chicago yeah okay. I don't know if she's from there, but that's like where she's made her career yeah. from, you know. Um, but it's great. It's great. And, uh, you know, it, it's important to uh, still continue to be vigilant in these times and still show up in numbers. Like the numbers for the New York one were the photos were just like massive. Like, yeah. did you hear or see anyone? I saw um, I saw photos. I didn't I didn't go. But, yeah, I heard that it was it was a pretty great a pretty great rally and that's just so cool like i mean i think to have so many of our family like die and then their names be forgotten like fucking that you know like i think it is really important for folks to show up specifically for our black trans folks and you know okay so the supreme court has given us a ruling that protects workplace protections and that's awesome like that we should take a moment and for the um the recognizing DACA was it what was that for specifically um so the Trump administration being the terrible people they are were <clears throat> trying Perfect. to roll back um DACA which was a Obama, children, yeah which was an was, yeah. yeah protection for immigrant children which was an Obama I think like policy um so in typical fashion this administration this current administration was um trying to roll that back and essentially eliminate it and the ruling came down to i think honestly it is the shadiest shit in the world and i love it they essentially said like this is arbitrary and you haven't presided you haven't provided any reasoning as to why you're rolling this back so no and like that's what it was and i Good. was over here applauding it today because i was like i mean there's a lot of the thing is there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. This is something mm -hmm. that very easily could have gotten just forgotten and dismissed mm -hmm. or just sort of treated as like, oh, this is bottom of the totem pole compared to everything else happening. And I am really happy to see the Supreme Court, even with the current makeup of it, with it, I think it being majority Republican or conservative. Um, I was really excited to see like their ruling on DACA and with um, workplace discrimination when it comes to LGBTQ rights. Like I was, I was genuinely surprised. I did not think that that's yeah. how it was going to go at all. Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing about the, the thing for the uh, workplace protections is that the Trump administration three days before put out this thing that was like healthcare uh, workers can deny folks healthcare 
if there is a if you are perceived queer or trans if that is something but because of the Supreme Court's ruling that that type of discrimination is sex-based discrimination which is in the Constitution mm -hmm. then that immediately ruled it unconstitutional so we had like two days of oh yeah, this is genocide to... we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're gonna cut people's health care away mm -hmm. like um, but so the, so anyway, the Supreme Court ruling is awesome for a lot of reasons. And I just want folks to remember, especially if you're not part of the community, this is a protection of the law. It is not a protection from queer people getting fired because they're queer. Like you have to have the time to take off work for a year for a court battle. Yep. You have to have the money to hire lawyers to sue these people down. Um, or you have to have the connections and access to lawyers who will do it pro bono, which is like maybe the ACLU might help you if you happen to be like popular enough or it's gained enough social media, you know, mm -hmm. like the rural queer, rural queers who like lose their jobs or lose their housing. The Supreme Court ruling doesn't really do much other than let them know that if they had more money, they could do something yeah. about it. Um, it is so one, just, like, like, it's like one <clears throat> tiny step. And I mean, it's a, it's a big step to know that legally you're protected with this, but absolutely. it's, it's still, the matter of resourcing that goes into that and fighting that battle is still absolutely mm -hmm. like astronomical. Which is why I like, you know, I was making this connection between that and the trans marches because like solidarity within the community is important because like, yes, there is a legal protection and there's still have stuff that we have to do to take care of each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. How do you all feel about taking a quick break? Let's do it. are back with the work. It's time to do the work, honey. It's time for us to talk about the important things at hand so that we can make sure we feel good about it after the podcast. Um, so the work segment, Charles, we talked about it a bit, but this particular segment is going to be around Black joy. Um, and I wanted to have you on for this because you are, believe it or not, I don't know if, guys, if you guys hear this or not, Charles also has a very sometimes monotone demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it has both bothered me and excited me since the day I met him. I'm like, how can you be so excited but sound so bored all at the same time? So dry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all that aside, Charles is one of the most like happy, joyful people I've ever met in my entire life, almost to the point of me judging myself for not being as happy as you are in a situation. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of work I had to do for me. But for I me. want to have this conversation with you about what it means to be Black, gay, and happy, especially uh, with the current state of the world. So you tell yeah. me, dude, like, is it, what, is, what does that mean to you? Like, what does it mean to be happy and joyful? Like, what is, what is that mind, mindset like for you? So it's interesting because I actually view, like, happiness and joy as uh, similar, but, like, two different things. And so for me, and I'm sure that we'll get into this, I am a spiritual person. And so a lot of my inspiration and, in, like, how I operate in the world is is anchored in that and that's something that I've grown to definitely in the past like three or four months um since January to be honest um so if for me joy is 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 like joy is God given to me 
Um, it's something that comes from him and it's something that no one can take away from me because it's about this idea or the feeling that I am who I am. I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I should be joyful and grateful for the life that I'm living. Like everything's not always going to work out. Everything's not always going to be peachy keen. But like at the end of the day, if we really look at what we've experienced, depending on the person, I think that we can see progress in what we're doing each day. And I think that joy comes from just this, like, I don't know, it's like a satisfaction for me that doesn't come from the the earth, um, if I can be frank. Um, whereas happiness is like, a, it feels more fleeting. It feels more like, oh, cupcakes make me happy. And I'm going to enjoy that cupcake but when it's gone it's like okay well i'm not cupcake happy anymore but cupcakes still make me happy i think it's like that kind of um that divide like happiness comes and goes and so i think that we get lost when we're chasing the happiness because we want to feel that satisfaction but we have to have our own sense of satisfaction within ourselves mm. um, so my joy has grown um, immensely since January, I will say. And I think it has been because I've started accepting more of the pieces of me and like allowing them to, to permeate and just like be who I am. Um, because like I said, we all have dark sides. We all have things that we enjoy. We all have things that aren't good for us. We all make decisions that sometimes don't lead to the best just you know outcomes but we but they felt good or like or they made me happy in the moment and so those moments are important too I think that we just have to find the balance between the two and I think that joy is something that should be inherent and shouldn't be something that is situation specific or like circumstance specific yeah and I think you're touching on something that is very it's internalized it's an internal sort of thing that you go through versus I don't know, versus it being like an external sort of situation. You're not looking for the outside yeah. world to give you happiness. You're learning or to validate, or to validate yeah. it, right? Like you're you're establishing your own happiness. Hey, maybe mm-hmm. it's like you said, maybe it's eating something not that great, or maybe it's I don't know, donuts, maybe it's sex, whatever. I'm not none of those things necessarily are bad. I think that those things are you have to do them in moderation. Yeah, I mean, it could even be something that it could even be something that is good for you, like broccoli. Like maybe that's just yeah, what yeah, yeah. I, I get off on broccoli. That's my thing. Um, tell that to <laughs> Dahlia Finn last mind. season on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh my god! <laughs> right. But no, I I think you bring up an interesting distinction between your internal sort of barometer for happiness and joy versus what the external world is sort of imparting on you and you keeping a strong focus on the thing that brings you that happiness and learning to sort of emulate that, copy that, do it as often as you possibly can. That's how I'm interpreting that. So I think my next question for you then becomes, if it is an internalized thing, if it is something that, if you have to learn how to establish your own happiness and joy yourself for you without necessarily a bunch of external resources, then what is the next step? Like, how do you manifest that happiness or joy so that you can continue taking part in it every single day or every single month, every single year? Um, because you brought up a good point as well. Like sometimes we tap into this happiness, the thing that's going to make us happy in that moment because we need it in that moment. But I'm more interested in how do we cultivate that moment so that it extends beyond 
the current circumstance? Hmm. I think that's a really great question. Um, I think, I think it, I think it starts with, like I was saying, like I took this moment to my, so I turned 30 in January and my decision for my 30th birthday was to go on like a yoga meditation retreat because I was feeling this urge or like this nudge to just like be with myself and to like go deeper. And so I was like, well, it's my birthday. It's cold. Like I can maybe get a couple people, but like, this is going to really be about me. And that kind of sparked this like inner journey or like going deeper with myself but I was also going through such a tumultuous time in my like present environment and in my apartment and like what I was dealing with on a daily basis for that first month so it was just this weird juxtaposition of being at peace within myself and seeking that out on a consistent basis and dealing with and shutting out this chaotic environment that I actually just had to be subject to for a period of time. Um, and I think that it was, it was helpful for me to feel this pull in both directions because I don't know, it made me like, Oh, okay, Charles, you have to actually work for it. Like you can't say that you want to meditate and then it's just going to be this thing that you do all the time. Like, no, you have to build the habit just like everyone else builds habits and just like everyone else decides like, oh, I'm going to do this for me because now I want to be better or like I want to exercise now or whatever. Like I think that you have to attack it with that same drive and like that same like, oh, I actually want to Im implement this into my life. But I think what's been helpful for me is also that like <clears> – <throat> the grace that you give yourself that you may not get it right all the time because like you know i so this week has been like work has been gradually coming back in terms of like me having things to do during the week and so i uh, this season has really been about balance like because i got so much time to myself to really just like do whatever i wanted to like you know, have whatever schedule I wanted. I was doing this like 30 day fitness challenge. Like I was just like all about me. And now it's like, okay, well, we're slowly dropping like little sprinkles of salt back into your life. Like, how are you going to handle the, the work and the busyness now and like maintaining your center and your peace? Um, and so like, I didn't meditate for the last week. And like, I've found that I just had to decide what was absolutely necessary for me to do every day in order to feel grounded and prepared to go about my day. And so for me, that's like prayers and devotionals. Like I always make sure that I like make that first appointment first thing. And then based on what time I got up, based on what I have to do that day, if I have time to sit and do a 15 minute meditation, I would love to like, I don't know. I've just found this like solace in the meditating. Like, it's, it's, I didn't realize that I should just be doing it even if I can't always control my brain. Um, but I do think it's about just like making that decision, taking like one thing at a time and adding it to your life and then getting used to that and being in that and used to how that makes you feel. And then if you get to a point where you're like, okay, now I feel like I can add this other thing because I'm in a good flow. I think it's just like slow and steady and allowing it to just like happen the way it is. And you may not always do it, but it's still every time you do it, it's making it better. Like it's enhancing you. It's helping you be in space or get closer to what you're searching for. Hmm. Thanks a lot for sharing. I'm like, I'm sitting with um, 
a lot of reflection right now and I I'm hearing and maybe I don't want to misquote you but I'm I'm hearing that joy is in some ways like being in touch with the flow like 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 joy is in some ways allowing yourself to not be so thrown by life stuff because you know who you are and joy is also something that is like assuredness or purpose or drive you know um and also i'm hearing this other thing that you've been explicit about which is that like for you joy is something accessed through your relationship with god you know and um i grew up I, I, I understand your definitions of joy because that is how I grew up and I grew up in a Christian church. And, um, I think, um, I'm not necessarily asking this question to you more of maybe a broader question, but like, I think something in my adult life that I've had to kind of unlearn is like growing up in a non-affirming household. Um, and by, by that, I mean like non-queer affirming, um, I had to kind of learn that I was worthy of joy. Like that I, that joy was something that good Christians got to experience and like bad Christians felt guilt (laughs) and bad Christians felt whatever. And as a queer person, that makes me a bad Christian. Right. Um, I, I also understand that there's plenty of queer Christians who don't feel that way, but I'm just, um, what am I trying to ask? Like for folks who, um, I'm going to rephrase that. Uh, no, yeah. Actually, if you understood what I'm saying, you can go with it. <laughs> like for people who may have like a difficult relationship or a difficult past with religion or with like God and joy, how do I, how do I think about that? Or like, what's my, my perspective? That's great. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, like I, I grew up in like, I'm going to say I was like moderately churched because we like, we went to church, but it was really based on like how we felt. And so like, if my mom had a long week and she didn't really want to wake up, then we didn't go that day or like, and so it was just like this easy give and take, like nothing felt forced, but when we went, we went. Um, But And I didn't come out, I have to qualify. I didn't come out when I was in middle school or high school. Like I lived what I thought was life and <laughs> it was fine. But and then now you're was, living, honey. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when I got to college and like, I had to rectify this piece of me, like, okay, you're gay. Like, what does that mean? How do you deal with your relationship with God? Because you've been taught all of this growing up that it's wrong and like he's you know he doesn't accept etc 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 and like I was happy to be in the environment that I was in because I was able to tap into like friends that you know actually did study religion or like studied God and like had their own perspectives and I remember really being moved by my cousin who's a reverend um I came out to her because she's like one of my she's like my cousin twin um I came out to her and she and I didn't know what she was gonna say because she's also a pastor and she was just like, no, I accept like love is love and I accept you for who you are, et cetera, et cetera. And so I almost had to like relearn my relationship with God. Like I kind of had to step out of this like church um, ordained thought process and find my own way into him Um, because church is so like, don't get me wrong. I love church and I watch sermons, you know, during the week sometimes and like, I've grown to that. That wasn't yeah. always a thing. 
Um, but there, it's such a structure and such like religion it has been used to, you, you know, oppress people and to make people think and operate a certain way. And so I think that's why I'm starting to say like, I'm more spiritual because I just have a connection to God and I define my connection as God. Like some people may say source, some people may say universe, some people may, you know, categorize it how they want, but I do feel like we all have this like inner feeling that there's something larger than us that is, you know, in control of what's going on, whatever, to whatever extent you take that to. and in that it's allowed me to establish my own love relationship with god yeah because he's um because me giving him that space and like finding my own space with him has allowed him to kind of show up in his own way and it's in those moments that i'm like okay that wasn't anything but god so let me just like let it be what it is or like let me just let it flow and it is that flow i think that i had to and not even like finding the flow because that can sound so ethereal and but i think (laughs) it's bullshit and also it's true (laughs) yeah like (laughs) but i think that there is some like satisfaction and like feeling of i don't know assuredness like you said that you get when you you are kind of in this flow like things don't happen to you you allow stuff to happen, but you were you think about it and you respond and then you move on from there. Like, I don't know, I've always been of the mindset that like, oh, I prepare for the worst and I prepare for the best. So that way I'm never surprised. But I realized that that was like my own internal, like second guessing of myself and ultimately second guessing God, because it was like, wait a second, you, you know that you could do this or like, it could be great, but now you're saying like, well, let me prepare for the worst just in case. Yeah. And so I had to move out of that mindset of like preparing for the worst because it, it, it was doing more to me than I realized. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a process, but like being in that space and feeling that flow and then just like, it takes time to, because like I've, from February was like my dark period. Like that was like me being alone and like, you know, I was grateful for friends that checked on me and that talked to me because they brought the love back. Yeah. Um, but slowly but surely, March, April, May, like it all just kind of like got better and flowed in its own way. And I think that when we allow like stuff to to be and like it's hard to say this, especially given the state of the world, like being in flow and then seeing people get killed or like being in flow and feeling like you need to show up for a rally. Like I've been dealing with that in my own space because it's just like, uh, I want to be in every protest. I want to be at every rally. Like I want to use my voice. I want to fight the cops. Like I want to do it all. But then it's just like, okay, but how do you feel that day? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're ringing up. What? You're ringing up a good point in terms of like tapping into this, this, let's just call it the flow. That's what we've been calling it, which for me, comes across as like tapping into the universe, tapping into your purpose, tapping into the thing that is a passion of yours. Like you're bringing this up and then just... Which translates to joy. Which translates to joy, exactly, right? right? That's what... I'm learning that that is what joy is myself. Joy for me is... Hey, I mentioned it earlier. I went through... I've been going through some depressive episodes 
lately, if you guys don't know this about me, like I suffer from depression. It happens. Luckily, I know what to do when it starts to sort of bubble up here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of getting me back on the right track, and I'm so happy you identified this because I we talked about it earlier and now I'm sort of realizing it's, it's tapping into the flow. I can now understand the reason why I woke up today feeling better is because I've somehow, I'm not going to say that I understand it, but I tapped into like the thing that was going to make me happy today. And that was making the impact that I wanted to make coming to this podcast today, using this platform, knowing that, you know, like these little things here and there that I was realizing were happening for me throughout this day that I could tap into because they felt very aligned with, uh, the impact I want to make on this world and also with my purpose and what I feel like is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And there is just, yeah. well, we're going to have a whole episode about spirituality, I think. But for me, there is just this link between really tapping into what you're supposed to be doing and then experiencing joy with everything related to that. Mm. And yeah, as a white listener... I mean, I'm a participant in the moment, but as a white listener, I mean, something that I'm curious that I think uh, was a, a big inspiration for this is we're acknowledging that there is a spiritual side to joy, whatever that looks like. And what is black joy? Like when people use that phrase, what are they referring to? And what, like, what does that feel like? What does that mean? Yeah. I think that like, <clears throat> one, I before I get into the black joy, spirituality and being religious are two separate things. So I don't want anybody uh-huh. listening to equate being spiritual with being religious. I think I, my understanding is religion is based on practices. Spirituality is based on belief. So. And I feel like religion is like related to oppressive systems uh-huh. and spirituality uh-huh. is more like a personal connection to something that is bigger than you, yeah. whether, even if that's atheism, right? Like it's still like finding that within yourself, like whatever. Anyway, we can. Right. No, no. You're I hitting, don't mean to cut you off. You're, no, sorry. no, you're right there. You're hitting the nail on the head. That's it. I just wanted to make sure that was clear to everybody listening that we're not equating those two things as being the same. They are completely different. One is action-based and about practice. And one is about just a belief system. Um, well, I would say though, I, I will say, I think that like, I think religion is action-based and it becomes about the traditions, but I do think that in the spiritual side of things, you have to have practices that allow you to tap into the flow and Mm -hmm. allow you to like go deeper with yourself. Like it's not just going to come just because you believe it. Mm -hmm. You have to like do it with you and like find what works for you. Like that could be meditating. It could be stretching. It could be sleeping. Like, whatever works for you, but there, there just have to be some like doing something. Yeah. I mean, for me, that is like going out into the middle of fucking nowhere and potentially mm-hmm. sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes taking a little mushrooms and just like looking at trees. <laughs> like, yeah. like I know yeah. that that seems so ridiculous. And at the same time, I'm like, I feel so out of balance until I can like see photosynthesis happening, mm. <laughs> you know? And like, and, um, that, is not necessarily something that I outwardly name as a spiritual practice. And it it, it is. (laughs) And it it is also though about, I am feeling disconnected from the thing that makes me human. And in order to access joy, I need to tap back into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And nature does that. Like nature, that's one of my things too. Like I can, stand in the forest all day and be just as happy as <laughs> I am in my apartment. But like, 
but then it's again you know like we're tapping into this like natural creation and you know something that was kind of created when we were created so it it brings mm. that connection back mm-hmm. yeah and i think that like We've brought up examples now of like nature and, you know, solitude, which I am all for, right? I think what I'm hearing is all three of us love to be left the fuck alone in nature. (laughs) That's what I've heard. I mean, I will say I have another spiritual practice and that is being sweaty on a dance floor with 300 (laughs) Exactly, I was just gonna say that. It's also a spiritual practice. Yeah, that is is also tapping into spirituality. And I think that people forget that. And connectedness, right? Like I think that people forget that and think that, me going out and being sweaty on drugs around a bunch of like socializing with other human beings and really connecting with them on that dance floor as not being spiritual but like i think the complete opposite like it's it's absolutely spiritual that it has the same function as church yeah and i mean again it's about tapping into this this larger this source of whatever divinity we'll call it like it's about tapping into that and if you're tapping into that by being on a dance floor and being sweaty or by being out with friends at a restaurant or by being meditative by yourself in the woods it doesn't matter we're not we're not judging the practice right like that's one thing i want to make clear is that however you access that joy isn't the don't judge yourself for that like I've yeah. I've had to learn to not judge myself for how I tap into the joy and the happiness that I need in life. I've learned to say, mm-hmm. and I think you brought this up, Charles. I've learned to say, like, I can give myself grace and understand that like if I need to sit on this couch and not talk to anybody for three days straight and that's the thing that's gonna get me closer to like feeling better, then sure. Now I do also have to being depressed, like have to always understand that is that getting me closer or further away from the thing? It might feel like it's getting me closer to the thing, but then in the long run I'm actually getting further from it because I'm not connecting with anybody. I'm not and I'm actually not tapping into like some higher power. But um, right. having that conversation with myself has been the thing that usually gets me out of the rut I'm in. Just even starting that dialogue. It might take a few days for me to make a decision, but like just starting that dialogue in and of itself is something that I think a lot of people can use to get themselves out of a rut that they might be in, which is what do I do? What do I tap into right now? And how can I not judge myself for tapping into that thing um, to get me to where I need to go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, And it took me some time to accept that I need to say no sometimes and that I don't always need to, you know, go to everything that I'm offered or like invited to. And just like, you know, it's like a little bit of FOMO, but it's also just like, I want to, you know, keep my relationships healthy and like connect with people and like whatever, whatever, whatever. But I think that, um, yeah, you have to always find that like that way back. Um, and there may be some people listening that don't believe in a higher power. And so in that regard, you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So you still have to find your way back to you and like what you value. But I think it is a process sometimes to decide what works for you and to figure out what helps you find your way back or what helps you get that peace again. Um, but to your your second point about like what is Black, joy or like black boy joy or black girl joy like I don't know as I was sitting here like thinking about it and like trying to figure out what the answer was I think it's this sense of like we have always been taught and like 
it's been, or at least for myself and like people that I've talked to, we've been taught that we have to be better. Mm. We have to step up more. We have to step up and at harder we have to go harder we have to do things 10 times better to be seen as equal and so i think where the joy comes from in my mind is just like this sense that we keep doing it mm -hmm. like <laughs> we are showing up we are getting better we are growing we are smart we are beautiful we are amazing we are sexy we are rhythm like we're all of these things and i think that when we express that joy it's us remembering all of those things inside of us and not letting the world hinder it or oppress it or make it feel like it's something that we shouldn't honor and i think that that is part of the battle it's like Sometimes we're fighting just to be who we are. And it's not even, it's not even offensive. It's just who we are. Yeah, yeah. And for it to be accepted and appreciated as much as it is, quote unquote, on like the commercial level and on the pop level and whatever, and then to turn around and for it to be dangerous and detrimental to your life. Like it, it's, it's just a crazy like thought that we live in and it's that, it, yeah, I think that the, the joy comes from the, from succeeding, from getting, yeah. you know, being successful and yeah. honoring what we've done and how far we've come and then using that to inspire where we go. And I, I feel like for me that it's great because I kept thinking of this, the quote I see a lot these days that I've always thought, which is being black, blackness is not exhausting. I don't hate being black. There's nothing about being black that I find terrible, even a little bit. I love everything about being black. It's There's such a rich history and culture within it that I would never trade for anything in this world. I would not trade in being black, despite the fact that the external world around me, for some reason, hates the fact that I'm black. Like, for me, it's the happiness and joy comes from being black, not, again, from the external world telling me that, like, being black is bad for some reason. Because it's, I know within myself that it's not. And I know that, like, I've been around enough of my people and within my community to know that they, these are the people I love. And these are the people that, like, when I see them succeed, when I see them doing great, when I see them propelling forward, like, that brings me happiness and so much joy. Because I don't think... I've never seen it in any other situation, right? Like maybe it's a minority thing, but like you're never gonna convince me that like experiencing and taking part in black joy is not gonna bring me joy. Like I I just love it. I love being black absolutely. And I think that I have learned recently as well. And I I can be candid about this. Like I live in Portland, it's really white. And I think that like I lost myself second because it is so extremely white that like I didn't have a lot of black friends for a while and that causes a lot of confusion for me identity wise and I think that having a friend like you Charles like having the vast other black friends I've had in other cities and places that I've been able to talk to um on a daily or weekly basis has recentered me around like my blackness and understanding that like I am not mad, sad, frustrated, no negative emotion about being Black. I, that all is external. That is all about other people. And that's why I like sometimes fall into that mood. Yeah, I could see that. And I, but I, I think it's, 
it's the fact that we even have that we even are like in a space to uh, um say like oh this is black boy joy or this is black girl joy like for one i think that you and i both grew up in a household that was affirming of who we are even if it wasn't always accepted i mean like 10 and years so, later but yeah right but, <laughs> but before that became a thing it was like they still just kind of loved you as their son or like you know that's how right i was never i was never kicked out um, i was never disowned it wasn't it it never hit that extreme right, exactly. which that is a very real circumstance for a lot of people yeah for a lot of people yeah and so i think that it it helped us find our own confidence in our blackness and i don't think mm -hmm. that everyone has always afforded that opportunity depending on what their home situation mm -hmm. is but I do also feel like we say black boy joy or black boy magic and black girl joy and what have you because it's like our stand up against all of the other shit that they throw at us. Yeah. It's like, despite all of that, mm -hmm. we got to do it. And we're still out here killing it. Like you've done everything in your power to hold us back and we are still out here proving you yeah. wrong day after day after day and it goes back to like you just said like we have to work two three times as hard as our white counterparts just to get the exact same treatment right and it's because we're work operating in a system that we don't run mm -hmm. and like you know it wasn't ever set up for us and like you know everyone should i would hope is aware of these things by now but like <laughs> if you're not stop listening go read a book <laughs> go to go google first um but no i think it 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 i don't know it's hard to say because it it sucks that we have to express our joy as if it's something only we can experience because joy is universal like it yeah. can it can be for anyone but we're using it as a way to defend ourselves and to remind our people like we are still joyful and we can still be joyful no matter what we face because we faced worse before. Um, oh yeah. And different, but I think that there is a connection to like the way that I have understood queer joy, which is similar and different. And I think mm -hmm. that it is important to, to name specifically how those things are different. And also like you're coming to this point, which is like, while they are different for different reasons, the, the the thing that we are accessing is similar, if not the same, which is like, I am here. I deserve to be here. I deserve to experience happiness and joy. And you don't get to tell me I don't, you know? Yeah. And like that, that, that experience of joy is a connection to the flow. It is a connection to a spirituality. It is a connection to a sense of purpose and self that I think that you have articulated really beautifully. And thank you, Shawnee, so much for, pushing us here and taking us here because um yeah we've had a shitty few weeks and i think it is important to be reminded how we get in touch again with the thing that is not happiness but is joy yeah so yeah and i think we also have to remember that your joy should never like hurt anyone else or like hinder anyone mm. else or like life word or... after word after word after <laughs> word you better get up on podcast before you replace me what <laughs> she said i'm auditioning like, to be a pastor subscribe <laughs> like we you know it's just like compassion like it, i think that if you are connected in that way it's going to be difficult for you to to bring harm to other people like yeah. because all life is precious you know and like we have to remember that like um i've been in so i've fallen in love do you guys know tab and chance or like tabitha brown and her husband chance um 
they're like on YouTube, but she's like blown up in her own way. Um, but she always says like, have a good day. And if you can't have a good day, don't you go messing up nobody else's day. Oh, like, is she the TikTok woman? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> she's so she just like i see her face and i'm like wow i i can do anything Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally yeah but that's the thing it's just like we shouldn't feel the need to tear down others to feel to be joyful or to yeah. be in flow with what with what matters yeah which i have to remind myself of because all i do charles is tear you down to feel good about myself so Whatever. it's what or big brothers do okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no fighting. Let's take no a break. Fighting. <laughs> okay, friends, we're back. I don't know if anyone else is having like full, just like sitting down with the words that our friend Charles has been bringing us, but like, God damn, that is just. Yes. So let's take some meds, friends. Let us. Uh, for anyone who does not know, one, welcome to episode 10, y'all. And then two, oh, yes. yeah, episode 10, Charles, you're like, we're really like <laughs> crowning it with this on you. Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is what's bringing us joy this week, what is making us happy, what's making us feel silly, loved, supported, anything that speaks to any of those emotions. Um, for me, um, I was able to go out into a... Uh, a ranch house for the week with my partner and we did a day hike and uh, sometimes I like to listen to country music when I do that I, I'm not like a big country music well I mean I love Dolly Parton I have her name don't lie to my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Dolly Parton uh, I like but I like queer country music and for me that is a broader conversation but the first gay country album uh, was made in the early 70s um, by Patrick Haggerty um and friends called lavender country and it kind of went away it was kind of the secret album that is really punk in some ways it, i mean it's country but it's really punk like they have a song called like uh uh i'm done uh crying these cocksucking tears there's like a song about being in the closet there's a song about like intimacy and and like how it was originally going to be called I Can't Fuck the Stranger Out of You, but it's called I Can't Shake the Stranger Out of You. And I think Trixie Mattel just covered it on her newest album and they kind of duetted together. Anyway, I'm saying all of this. Um, when I think about queer joy, like when I think about joy, Lavender Country is a kind of proclamation of it. And it sucks to listen to it because... Um, it's like, dang, we're still dealing with the shit. Like, and they talk about race issues in it as well. Like, but we're fucking still dealing with the shit. And what they were dealing with, uh, you know, Patrick in some interviews has said, like, you know, while we release this album, I'm dealing with the rage of the fact that like some of my closest friends were murdered by police for being gay. You know what I mean? And um, out of that comes this kind of silly, very like. Uh, banjo plicking plucking plicking plucking pluck, 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 pluck. <laughs> banjo kind of centered country album that um i don't know if you have no idea what this is and you're like what the heck are you talking about there's some really great youtube um kind of mini interviews with patrick and then they re-released uh lavender country in like 2014 so it's like on digital platforms everywhere but lavender country give it a listen it's 
uh, it's faggy and silly and dikey, and I love it. Maddie, you're convinced to make me a country music thing. <laughs> I know. You, you can listen to whatever <laughs> like you want. You're determined to make this happen just, for me. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I, I interpreted country music my whole life as, like, racist. And then as in my older adulthood, I'm like, there's so much beautiful country music that just, like, isn't awful and i like to celebrate those things even if they're always not my favorite i'm a pop queen too bitch i get it one of these, <laughs> one of these days i will appreciate country music but today yeah, i love today. what you love <laughs> charles what you got for us um so mine is not as deep you all but th- this week has been um there's been a lot of great progress just like with life and work and things but one of the things that brought me a lot of joy this week was this um new puppy his name is homer oh my god um, <laughs> i'm not he's not my puppy i didn't get a dog but my friend is um going out of town for like a week and i'm babysitting or dog sitting homer and he's like 15 weeks and he's a sheep a doodle and a sheep a doodle yeah, yeah. I'll send you a photo. He is like the cutest dog. Send us a photo. We're gonna put but, it on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just like I don't know, seeing him play and just like his carefreeness and like also his excitement to see me, even though he's only met me once, it just kind of reminded me that like, okay, things will be okay. Like life is in the shitter right now, like turmoil and everything. But like we can find. I can find moments of like joy and happiness in these little bit of moments, but you know, you got to stay present. Um, so that's kind of where, what brought me happiness. We both know about dogs bringing us down to earth. So. <laughs> oh, they love, they love to do it, honey. They'd be like, uh-uh, I need to be fed today. I don't care what fantasy world you're living in, but I need to be fed. Yeah. You can be depressed, but I know. <laughs> Blue is the one exactly. thing keeping me from jumping out of a window sometimes. I promise. Oh my God, Shani. <gasps> was that a lot? I'm sorry. That's not, I, that was like a joke. I apologize, you guys. That, I realized as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, people are going to be worried about me now. I'm fine. I'm fine. Anyways, um, also, the things that are bringing me also, joy outside of my dog blue keeping from jumping out of a window, which is a joke, um, is A, having my best friend on this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Charles. Like, for real. A joy, truly. I love you. Thank you. And this I is, we're only friends so that I can capitalize on your wisdom. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you didn't used to see it as wisdom. I so didn't. I'm I used to be it. like, oh, this little nigga getting on my nerves. But now you don't get on my nerves anymore. I mean, sometimes. But here we are. No, I appreciate I love you, Charles. Like, it's it's great calling you a best friend and calling you a little brother and having somebody that I truly consider a part of my family. So thank you for being that person. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thank you for me. And Maddie, I'm so happy to get to be know- getting to know you. <laughs> also, the summer solstice is coming up. By the time y'all hear this, it's probably already happened. But I always love summer solstice because it's the longest day of the year. And that means that I'm going to probably wake up at 4 a.m. for no reason and not go to bed until 3 o'clock in the morning for no reason. And I promise drugs aren't involved. And then for... <laughs> Um, and then the last thing I want to say is happy, right after a drug reference, happy birthday, Madison, to my niece, um, Maddie, we love you. She's great. Um, if, I mean, y'all don't know who Madison is, but she's 
she's a full ass adult trapped in an, in a 12 year old's body at this point and i can't wait to see the woman that she blossoms into mm. um but yeah happy birthday girl I'm that's awesome really happy i got to celebrate your birthday a few days ago so that's what's making me happy i love it um i feel like charles if you just want to stay on we're just going to wrap up really yeah. quickly i don't think it, let's just sit here. Yeah. yeah all right y'all. Uh, it's time for the homework what's our homework yeah homework 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 it's time for homework time don't think i forgot um <laughs> i'm not going to ask you to do the same thing i've done for the last two weeks although you should still be supporting contributing and making an impact positively in the mm-hmm. black community but i'm not holding into i'm not holding it i'm not holding you to it on this podcast Right now, though, for the homework, um, let's let's stick to joy and happiness. <clears throat> we talked a lot about what it means to tap into happiness, what it means to tap into joy, um, and what that could mean for you personally, especially as it pertains to uh, establishing that internally versus externally. So what I want everybody to do is to think about what brings you joy, happiness, and light right now. Just think about it. Right? Like just what's the first thing that came to mind when I said that? Literally, what was the first thing you thought about when I said, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? What brings light into your life? And then what I want you to do is I want you to engage in that. So if the first thing that came to your mind was, oh, when I talk to my best friend, like me, then do that. Like if if it was, yeah. oh, when I'm on a jog, which, hey, sometimes it's for me, then do it. If it's Literally, I am happiest when I am surrounded by people, no matter what circumstance, then do that. If it's food, wear a mask, wear a mask, but wear a mask when you do it. And <laughs> if it's food, listen, I'm not going to, I know food is a very touchy subject when it comes to like the, the uh, repercussions it can have on your health. If today you know that Chinese food is going to make you happy and get you through what you need to get through, then go order some Chinese food today. That is okay right? Like do what you need to do to, to manifest some happiness in your life. Um, after you've done that though, I'm going to tell you to do what I always tell you to do, which is to journal about it. So think about what brings you happiness and joy, engage in that activity, engage with that person. Then I want you to write about it because I want you to really explore every single aspect of joy right like i don't want you to just internally think like oh yeah i was happy when i hung out with my friend no 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 like what made you happy why was that so why was that so happy for you like what was it about that experience that really touched your spirit and soul and made you think i want to tap into this more because that's the thing that's going to get you to keep doing it so um i'll make it very deliberate and and pointed Think about what brings you joy, do the thing that brings you joy, and then write about the thing that brings you joy. And um, let us know. You can DM us um, on our Instagram. You can send us an email at qbtpodcast at gmail.com, or you can always call us, which none of you do, but it's fine, um, at 971-220-8874. Yeah, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We are so, 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 so close to a thousand listens. I want to be at 5,000 tomorrow. So share, share it out. Tell all your pals. We um, we got some loving to spread around. Um, thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And thank you to Ali Kiltz for helping us with editing. Listen to her podcast trace material about the history and future of 
him. Um, I'm so excited to engage in the homework. I'm so excited to, to engage in joy. And I've been really appreciative of really thinking and focusing about joy. Hi, Blue. Oh, there goes Blue barking. So that means it's time to time to go off. Thank you, Charles, for joining us. We love Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Love you too. Mm. We'll talk to everybody soon. Bye, friends. Bye. Talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>